That worked. Hello, and welcome to Sunday Night Local, live, online, as well as in person. Tonight, oh, I'm going to mess this up now. Oh, it's a really heavy tripod. Everyone wave to those that are watching online. Paula wants to be in the picture. You're going to be in it like loads, Paula, in a second. <laughs> Oops, just dropped her notes. So anyway, it's great to be able to do this tonight. Sorry, that was a real close-up of my face. It's probably quite nice for people. So um, it's great to be able to do this. And uh, we're, we're going to go over to, to the Word in just a moment. So you can just come and join me distanced up here. Um, now before we do, I just want to, so that everyone online is, is hearing as well. 10th of January, very exciting. We are going to be restarting an element of our Sunday morning um, gatherings. And that element is the kids' church part of it. We felt, as a church, that something that's really important to us as family and children. And we want to bring the kids back first. Obviously, we're going to have the Sunday evening opportunities for the adults to gather, but the kids are going to gather um, following all the guidelines that are currently there from the 10th of January. What we do need is people who are willing to serve from the 10th of January. Serve in kids' church, in the youth ministry, with set-up, with clear-up, with um, running the AV that we're going to put in place on a Sunday morning so that parents that bring their kids can stay and watch the live online Sunday morning service in the hall whilst the kids' church is running, and, um, and other people to host as well. So if you are willing, if you're watching online or if you're here t- tonight and you're willing to serve in any of those ways, just please let me know. best way to do that is send me an email. Love emails, as you probably know. Portsmouth at family.church is the email address. I get those, which is great. Okay, keep looking for responses, but you probably won't get a lot of response because everyone... Um, can say little amens and stuff. Okay, so Paula is going to share the word with us this evening. So one thing we can do is we can clap our hands and we can go like that. So let's welcome Paula. Thank you. to be sharing the word of God with you guys tonight. But I think before I do, I need to say, if anyone does not come to our Zoom meetings on Sunday, you need to join, okay? They are absolutely amazing. And I'm sure you'd all like to know that on the Zoom meeting this afternoon, there was a game. And in the game, I won. Yay! (laughs) And... (laughs) I haven't won one yet, and the reason is probably because the Lord knows that when I win a game, I get way too excited, and you can see I'm filled with so much pride, and my head's getting so big right now, all because I won this game. But if you'd like to challenge me and be next week's winner, make sure you come along, okay? They're absolutely fantastic, and it's just a great way for us to all to continue to see each other without masks and to connect with each other. So this is our second meeting in person since March. 
which is, oh, I feel like it's so crazy. But hey, God's, as Pastor Stu said, God's still been doing so much in the life of our church. And um, I'm, yeah, we're just going to jump straight into the word of God tonight. So let's pray and then I'll just um, jump straight in. So Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for tonight, Lord. I want to thank you for everyone who's watching at home, Lord, and for everyone that's here tonight. And Father, we just pray that you will just speak to us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will just be open right now, Lord, that there'll be no distractions. Our hearts and our minds will just be focused on you to hear your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, awesome. So if any of you know me, you would know that I'm always cold, right, all the time, in winter, spring, summer, autumn, I'm that person who's always cold. And this, well, yeah, last week I decided, I was like, nope, like, I need to take the kids out, you know, you can't meet anyone at home, so we have to go out a lot. And I've been going out so much, and I'm not going to lie, it's been really annoying. Anyway, this week I was like, I'm not going to be that person who's wrapped up in a hat, scarf, gloves, a big puffer jacket, and everyone just looks at me like really awkwardly, like, oh, no, it's not that cold. So I decided to go out in like a thin rain jacket. And so um, we got to the park and after five minutes, honestly, I was shivering. But thank God I brought my big coat with me. So it was in the car. So I just went back to get it. And, like, I'm always praying to God, like, God, keep me warm, keep me warm. And I know it sounds silly, like a silly prayer, but genuinely, I'm like, God, I'm so cold. I just want to be wrapped up. I want to be cozy. And it actually, God's so good. He actually reminded me of a verse, right? And it's in Psalm 91, verse 4. And it says, his massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. And in the NLT version, it says, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. And when I was reading that, like, he will cover you with his feathers, I was thinking, that feels like warmth, like, Lord, if you're going to cover me, that means I should be warm, right? And so, anyway, it was really random, but I decided to get out, like, you know, um, like, to just study it a little bit more. So I got out a commentary um, this week, and it said um, about Psalm 91, verse 4, it says, God protects his believers, with the greatest tenderness and affection. And it says here, it says, the feathers and wings allude to a hen gathering her chicken under wings. So it says, by natural instinct, she not only protects them, but calls them under that protection when she sees them in danger. And then it says, she not only keeps them safe, but she cherishes them and keeps them warm. Amen. (laughs) I read that bit and I was like, thanks, Wayne. He's got a sign saying amen. (laughs) When I read that, she not only cherishes them, but keeps them warm. I was like, God, that was so for me. That was so for me. But God, all jokes aside, God keeps us warm. He keeps us safe and he protects us. He cherishes us. But most importantly, he covers us. And that's what I want to speak on tonight, the covering of the Lord, the God who covers us. And if we want to see the first time God covers us, let's head to the book of Genesis. 
So we all know what happens when Adam and Eve end up making a really big mistake and they end up sinning. And if we go to Genesis 3 verse 7, it says, At that moment their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So in their moment of sin, not only did sin enter, but automatically they felt shame. Now shame is the feeling of humiliation, the feeling of regret, often because of our own behaviour or maybe because of the behaviour of someone else towards us. But once we come into relationship with God, many people know that they're forgiven. But often people struggle and battle with shame. I'm, I know that many people, including myself, have battled with shame in my life before. So how do you know if you're battling with shame? Because you see, when God covers us, all of that shame is taken away. Because we know we're under his wings and that we're his. But how do you know if you're someone who battles with shame? So maybe you have a fear of exposure or you have a fear of intimacy with God and with other people. Maybe you're someone that you're scared that if people get too close to you, they'll find out the truth. So instead of giving God our shame, we walk around bound. And unfortunately, we're never able to get close to people. Scared that they might bring up a topic that we can't talk about. Sometimes shame's not our own um, issues or something that we've done. Sometimes it's the shame of our circumstances. Sometimes we might not want to be around people thinking, oh gosh, they're going to ask me about my son. Oh, they're going to ask me about my sister. They're going to ask me about a family member. And maybe shame creeps in when we know maybe that that family member's not walking with God. But God covers all of our shame. And we can't walk into the fullness of life when we allow shame to dictate our actions. The thing about shame, it creates lies in our minds until we don't even recognise the truth. Shame will tell you things like, you're not good enough. Shame will convince you that you cannot be forgiven. Shame will convince you that God is not who he says he is. Because if he was, why would you be feeling ashamed all the time? You see, often when we're living in shame, we feel like that we can't go to God. And we think, once I get myself sorted, then I can approach God. But we cannot sort ourselves out without God. That's the thing we always have to remember. It's not once I'm okay, I can go to God. We've got to know in our hearts that God, I have to come to you in a broken mess. I have to come to you with all of my baggage. I have to come to you with all of my circumstances because if I don't, nothing will change. And in this season of 2020, we've got to be reminded that we cannot do life without God. We can't do it alone. And as I read in Genesis 3, 7, Adam and Eve made a feeble attempt to cover themselves with fig leaves. They realised that they were naked, they realised that they were vulnerable, and they realised that they were unprotected. unprotected. But we were all made to be under God's covering. And when you're not covered by God, you'll try to use feeble attempts to cover your life. So instead of trusting in God's covering... 
We watch our world trust in money. We watch our world trust in politics. We watch our world trust in so many different things, hoping that if we can line up all of these things and they're lined up correctly, then we'll feel safe and protected. But just like Adam and Eve's attempt, their fig leaves would soon wither and die. When you imagine, you know, if you break off a branch, which I'm sure must have happened with Adam and Eve, if you break off a branch or you break off um, maybe flowers or something from their root, because they're no longer connected to the root, eventually they're going to die. And so Adam and Eve grab some fig leaves thinking that, okay, at least we're covered. At least no one can see us. At least we won't feel ashamed. But they didn't realise that their attempts would soon wither and die, exactly like our attempts. But as I said, we're made to be covered by God, who's everlasting. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. His covering does not wither or die. His covering keeps us safe. His covering keeps us protected. And so we want to be covered by God. Like when I, um, as I said before, read Psalm 91 and read that under him, he will cover us with his feathers, that he will shelter us, that he will protect us. I thought, man, God, I want to be under you. I always want to be wrapped up in your arms, God. I always want to be warm and I'm going to keep saying warm because I just want to be warm. But I always want to be covered by the Lord. So, but even in Adam's sin and shame, God is absolutely incredible. I'm sure we all know that, right? We all know God is amazing. And even in Adam's sin and shame, God comes in and he covers them. And it says in Genesis 3.21, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. And even though there was unfortunate consequences... God didn't let them walk around naked and ashamed, but he clothed them and covered them, just like he has done with us. Just like um, he has done with us. God paid the price for our sin. He fully paid it so that we would not only know that he has forgiven us, but we would know that he has forgotten about our sins. Our father remembers our sins no more. In Hebrews 8.12, it says, And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Wow. Wow. There is one thing knowing that you're forgiven. That already leaves me in awe of God. But knowing that your sin is no longer remembered, that all shame has been taken away too, thank you, God. It leaves me so much awe that not only would you take my sin and shame away, God, but you would erase it from your memory. You would completely forget it so that when we're covered by God, when we come to God, he doesn't see our sin. He doesn't see our shame. He sees us covered in the righteousness of his son. When we come to God, when we give our lives to Jesus, we are now covered in his righteousness. So when we come before God, he's not confused thinking that, oh gosh, but they've done this or they've done that. He doesn't see it anymore. And so in that moment, when we give our lives to God, all our sin and all our shame can be completely taken away. See, God covers us. He adopts us too. 
So that means we're cut from our old life and we're given a brand new one. It means we no longer have to be a victim to the labels that sin has given us. You see, when we're covered by God, our identity is found in him and him alone. Who do you clothe? Right? Just put anyone here. Who do you put clothes on? Hopefully just yourselves. But if you're parents, you may clothe your children. You clothe people who belong to you. And when God clothed Adam and Eve, he was speaking to them. You are still mine. Regardless of your sin, regardless of what you've, what you've done, you still belong to me. You see, in, in um, biblical times as well, that, as I said, when you clothe someone, you clothe someone who belongs to you. And it reminds me of the prodigal son. And when the prodigal son comes back to his father, he didn't just say, oh, dear, dear, look at you in your rags. He put a robe on him. He clothed him and said again, you are mine. You belong to me regardless of your mistakes. God's covering brings identity. And when God speaks over us, all other names have no effect. And you don't have to be around earth, (laughs) on earth long enough to know that we can't help it. We all love labelling people. We can't help it. We label people based on their looks. We label them based on their actions, whether it's good or bad. We label them based on their job roles or their status in whatever area. We can't help it. We always end up labelling people. Uh, if, if we're not careful, sooner or later, we end up um, basing our identity in labels rather than what the word of God says about us. And it's such a dangerous um, place to be in. Because if our identity is based on other things, when they're stripped away, when something happens and they're lost, we're left confused. And we're seeing it in the world at the moment. Many people's identity was found in their jobs. Many people's identity was found in, their, in what they could do and in their freedom and, and everything that the world had to offer pre-2020. And now it's, there's been a big shaking. People are lost, they're confused, they don't know who they are anymore because their identity was based on something that would fade away. But when your identity is based on God, when your identity is based on the word of God, when your identity is based on what God says about you, you'll forever walk knowing who you are. So yes, you might be battling with mental health issues, but that's not the label God gives you. You might have made a mistake or failed, but that is not who God says you are. You are who God says you are. And no less than that. So if you stay under his covering, if you stay close to him, not only do you find protection, not only do you find warmth, but you also find your identity. You'll find your identity if you stay close to God, if you stay under his wings, if you stay under his feathers. Now, there's a point in the Bible where it seems like everything has gone wrong. The disciples who have walked with Jesus for three years suddenly watch him being arrested and taken away. And in in that moment, their lives are turned upside down, a bit like 2020. Although 
Jesus kept telling them that he would soon, he would soon be taken away and he'd see, soon die. They still weren't expecting it. And in that time of confusion and fear and worry, Peter ends up denying Jesus. And whenever you read this account of when Peter denies Jesus, you can imagine the shame he must have felt as soon as he'd done it. You know, anyone ever made a mistake before and as soon as you've done it, you're like, why? Why did I do that? Why was I that stupid? Why would I do such a thing? And so you can imagine the shame that must have been brought into Peter's life as soon as he made that mistake. A bit like what ha happened with Adam and Eve. But our mistakes, our mistakes will never stop God loving us. Anyone ever been there? When shame tries to drag you back to your past? And that's what happened with Peter. After he made that mistake, he didn't try to continue, you know, um, living for God or anything. Instead, he decided to go back to his past and to go back fishing. And sometimes mistakes in life happen and they cause us to want to go back to who we used to be. But I love what Jesus does. When he raises from the dead and he finally speaks to Peter, he goes straight to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, yes. And then Jesus says to him, then feed my sheep. And then he asks Peter again, Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds again, yes. And he says again, then feed my sheep. Peter um, responds yes to Jesus three times. And I love the fact that Jesus didn't go to Peter and say to Peter, hey, let's have a chat about you, um, you know, denying me. Let's have a chat at that big mistake you've just made. Instead, he reminds Peter that if you love me, if you still call yourself my disciple, then do what I've called you to do. And I believe Jesus is speaking the same things over us, that regardless of the things that try and hold you, regardless of the shame that tries to hold our lives, he's saying, if you love me, stop walking in shame and start walking in your calling. Start living out what I've asked you to do. And I believe that there's some people who God's called you to do such great things in your life. But you're still held back. You're still not doing it because you keep on being reminded of your past. You keep on being reminded of the 101 reasons of why you shouldn't be living for God. But God says, if you want to be covered by him, if you want to be protected by him, yeah. his massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. Yeah. He's hugging you and holding you and reminding you, you are his child. You're a child of God. Don't go back. Don't even consider going back like, like Peter did. Because when you're under the cover of God, you have everything. When you're under his covering, regardless of how life feels sometimes, regardless of how frustrating life can be sometimes, under his covering, there's safety, there's protection, there's hope, there's identity, there's warmth. But most importantly, under God's covering, God is there. Under his covering, God is there. 
And as long as you have God walking with you all the days of your life, you won't need to fear a thing. As long as, long as we're covered under God, it will be okay. And I, I'm just coming to a close now, and I'm reminded of, you know, um, when you just hold an umbrella, right? <laughs> ever, has anyone ever had a really rubbish umbrella before? Yeah, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Where you have those umbrellas, and you just, you know, you're thinking, yep, yeah, it's raining, put up your umbrella, seconds later, the wind is like holding you, and you can barely, barely walk forward because you've got this rubbish umbrella that is getting you wet. Now, I want to tell you, God's not like that rubbish umbrella, okay? He's one of those sturdy, strong umbrellas that when you're under his covering, you won't get wet, you won't get windswept, you will be okay. And I just pray that tonight, I'm sure that everyone here tonight and everyone who's listening as well, I'm sure you know you're under God's covering. But I want to remind you, if you feel like maybe you've stepped out, If you feel like maybe shame has got a hold of you or you're lost in not knowing who you are, can I encourage you, get back under God's covering. How do you get under his covering? You simply accept it. You simply accept him and say, okay, God, I'm yours. I'm your child. I belong to you. My life is yours and I'm not going anywhere where you don't go, God. And then as soon as you're under his covering, as I said, the storms of life may come, but they won't take you out because you'll have God by your side. And so I'm going to just pray for us tonight and just um, pray that, yeah, that we'll just know that we're covered by God. And just pray as well for anyone who may be battling shame or battling any other thing, that you'll just come back under God's covering and just receive all that he has for you. So, Father God, we just want to thank you for tonight. God, I want to thank you, Lord, that in you, Father, we have protection in you, Lord, that we are covered by you, Lord. And I just pray for everyone who's here tonight or anyone who's listening to this message, that, Father, we will be under your covering. We will know that you are with us. We will know that you are for us. And I pray for anyone who's here tonight or listen, who's been battling with shame, who has allowed it to hold them back for far too long, Father, we pray in your mighty name for all shame to be broken off them right now in Jesus' name. We pray, Father God, that they will know that they are completely covered by you. That, Father God, that they are clothed in your righteousness. And, Father, we just thank you for your covering. We thank you, Lord God, for the price that you paid for us, that all of us could come under you, Lord. All of us could be protected by you. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in our church. And we pray, Father God, that we'll just continue to be led by you in everything we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Am I ending the No. No, I'm not. That was really good, wasn't it? And really spoke to me. One of the things um, when I was a younger Christian that um, I really struggled with was um, I understood that God's forgiveness 
um, was there for kind of my life before I became a Christian. Um, but I struggled with the fact that there were some things that I was still carrying with me that would often cause me to stumble. Um, and um, and I, was, I just thought, because these things were, were so sort of a part of my life for so long as a Christian, I thought, well, how can God... You know, how can I not walk in shame? How can God still forgive me for these things? But the thing about God's forgiveness is it's timeless. It, it's, you know, God is the God of the ever-present now. He's outside of time. And his forgiveness has been granted over our lives for all of our sin before we started to walk in relationship with him, as well as all of our sin after we were walking in relationship with him. All of it has been forgiven. Um, and... And that's really important to know. I think someone here needs to know that tonight. That, that the stuff that you're carrying in your life, God has already forgiven you and um, he has already covered you. You are covered. You are loved. Um, he has put his umbrella over your life and that umbrella is not going anywhere. Um, but also, um, there's a scripture in First John that says if we, um, if we sin, then we confess our sin. And... Um, and it's also really important that we understand that when we become aware of something in our lives, that we do go to God with it. Because we're in a relationship with God. You know, if I did something that really upset Carla, my wife, um, which I never ever do, but if I did do something that really upset Carla, um, then because I have a relationship with her, um, when I became aware of that thing that upset her, I would want to go to her and apologise and the Bible talks about repentance. It talks about... So repentance is basically saying, I now realise that this is wrong, I'm going to turn away from it. I'm going to turn away from it. And, uh, and, and I think that, you know, if, if you're carrying stuff in your life, it's good to make that decision. It's good to say, God, I now recognise that this has hurt you, that this isn't how you want me to be living, and I repent of that thing. Um, and, and it just... It just brings things right in your relationship with God. And it doesn't mean necessarily that you're just never going to do anything wrong again. But when you do do something wrong, and you know it, it offends the heart of God or hurts the heart of God, you simply repent again. Because that's just part of having a relationship with God. But know this, that God's umbrella is over your life. Love that, Paula. Um, that thought about shame. You know, we do so much, don't we, sometimes, to try and cover our shame. To try and make things right ourselves, but Adam and Eve's feeble, feeble attempt with fig leaves, it just didn't cut it, did it? But then God, um, you know, as a demonstration of what was going to come, the animal skins that they were given, um, you know, that was the first animal sacrifice that was made, representative of, you know, 4,000 years later, Jesus stepping into this world and becoming the sacrifice for sin once for all. And I just, I just love that picture that God has, has already done it. He's done a complete work in our lives. And it's good to know, isn't it? So thank you, Paula. Thank you, everyone, for watching online. Um, just getting the hair right. I had it cut on Friday, and it wasn't my usual hairdresser. It's a little bit different to normal. You might have noticed. She cut right back there, look. Right. Mum and Dad, love you. Uh, and everyone else is watching, they always watch.